out of the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow underway on this Monday edition. Glad you're with us across Outkick. That includes our YouTube channel right now, Outkick.com and more. If you're listening to this great radio partner, we say thank you. Big show today. Andy Staples joins us in an hour. College football discussion, transfer portal, bowl games, college football playoff, a lot. Plus, Bobby Carpenter later in today's show talking all things Football, Chad. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hudden. Ready to rock and roll today. Good to be back. Good, to, good to have you back. Plenty to discuss. Uh, the Bills seem to be back. They do routing the the Dallas Cowboys. Meanwhile, we've seen Pittsburgh drop three straight. They're making another quarterback change. We'll see Mason Rudolph uh, start for Pittsburgh as they will take on Cincinnati in Pittsburgh this uh, upcoming week. And well, right now Pittsburgh sits seventeenth, sixteenth or seventeenth, I believe, in the NFL draft. Uh, they don't seem to be making the playoffs. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. Pittsburgh's known for being an organization that is great at hiring coaches and never, ever letting them loose uh, unless it's retirement. And some fans are upset about this. Well, it's not just With fans. You know, I, I've seen a lot of media speculate that he is firmly on the hot seat now. Uh, <laughs> Peter King, one of them. In his column, saying that he was a terrible coaching job yesterday with some, uh, not yesterday, but Saturday, with some of the decisions made, and that he is uh, his seat is heating up. Um, this is this is crazy. Okay, Mike Tomlin is fifty-one years old. He's in his seventeenth year with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has won sixty-three percent of his games in seventeen years. Worst season, as Hutton said, is eight and eight, five hundred. Did that three times. Now, if you want to say he won his one Super Bowl in 2008, and that was a long time ago, and the last time he won the AFC title was 2010, a year they lost to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the Super Bowl, okay, fine. But there's a lot to be said about consistently winning and consistently being in the playoffs. And consistency is what this Pittsburgh organization is all about. You don't throw that consistency in flux to fire a 51-year-old head coach that could be there for the next 20 years, possibly. And also a guy who's going to immediately get a job elsewhere and probably do a really good job against you. He's not going anywhere. You get rid of Mike Tomlin, he's not taking a year off. No. He's getting offers immediately to be someone's head coach. So I think it's nuts that people are even insinuating, Peter King and others, that, that he's on the hot seat. I don't see it. I see no reason why. Hutton, to me, Mike Tomlin is the model of consistency for an organization that is the model of consistency. Now, does it look like they made a bad pick with Kenny Pickett at quarterback? Does not look great right now. And if you don't get quarterback right, you're not going to be anything in the NFL. They got to get quarterback right. I I, I don't know yet definitively 100% sure that he's not going to be a good quarterback in the league, but he's off to a rough start. And that's why... The Steelers are having a rough go of it right what, now. What they don't look like is your typical Mike Tomlin team dropping three straight in this regard. Effort. Did you see George Pickens on that run play? His effort blocking downfield? Really bad. That's a Mike Tomlin team right now. That's that's That play is representing what's happening. And I, I laugh at the fact that he could be on the hot seat. I'm with you. But Peter King's not writing that. He's not saying that, putting his name behind it, unless he's hearing something like that, because it sounds so stupid. Right? Yeah. That's that's how... Right now, they're 7-7. Seven and seven. Losers of three straight. 
probably not making the playoffs. Good luck uh, based on their upcoming schedule, which also includes Baltimore, who will be battling for the number one overall seed in the postseason. They still play Cleveland once, right? Or they played them twice They already? have their upcoming schedule in order, Cincinnati, Seattle, and Baltimore. Okay. Um, I kept thinking about a Mason Rudolph, uh, uh, Miles Garrett reunion after the incident yeah. uh, years ago if they yeah. were to play each oh, other. Right. But yeah. uh, lucky for Mason Rudolph, that game is not happening. So it, Tomlin's admitted that it's a fundamentally – Poor football team right now is what he said post game. They were sitting at seven and four. Now they're at seven and seven, and they've lost to the Cardinals, the Patriots, and the Colts, who scored thirty unanswered points on them. And it's more about Pittsburgh than it is those teams. It's about their effort and mentality. And I still laugh at the fact that it could be Tomlin's hot seat, especially looking around the NFL at all of the coaches who just aren't that good and are coaching bad football, known for calling plays, and then they become a head coach, and they're no longer what got them there, doing what got them there. Tomlin's been there and done that, 16 seasons. Timelines do play out, but this one is far from being over, unless Tomlin's wanting out for something that's going on behind the scenes. But he's got, as far as ownership is concerned, organization is concerned, one of the most, if not the most stable right now in the National Football League. What was the, the, the YouTube chat is, is fired up about this and asking about the USC rumor a few years back. And the quote from Tomlin was something like, there's not a booster on the planet rich enough to pay me to go coach in college or to take that job. I think it was Mike Tomlin who said that yeah, yeah. about the USC job at the time. Maybe he's adamant. Uh, yeah, he's, he's an NFL coach. He he's called not, it a joke. Here's the quote. Hey, guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. He went on to say he's got one of the best jobs in, in football. Yeah. Uh, why, he goes, why would I have any interest in coaching college football? And that will be the last time I'll address it. Not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never, okay? There's not a booster with a big enough check. That's it. Not a booster with a big a enough check. That was the quote from Mike Tomlin. He's an NFL guy. He's an NFL coach. And he's not going to have to coach in college. Right. First off, he's made enough money that if he wanted to go coach in high school, he could just for fun. Uh, he can do whatever he wants at this point. But he's going to have another job. Regardless of what anyone thinks about the job he's done this year in Pittsburgh, and it's not been great. I'm not going to sit here and argue that he's done a terrific job Matt, this Matt season. Canada, right. They fired Matt Canada for a reason. The biggest mm -hmm. part of it was offense. Now everything seems to be falling apart a bit. He's got to get that under control and figure that out, but he is the guy to figure it out. You're not firing Tomlin and trying to let someone else figure it out. You're giving him a chance to right the ship and get things moving in the right direction. And if you let him go, he is hired immediately. Immediately. By every other well, team that, is lining up that would be to try trade. to hire him. Yeah, that would be another trade speculation situation for an NFL coach. How many of the 32 NFL teams fan bases would love for their team to trade for Mike Tomlin as an upgrade for their coaching yes. situation right now. All but four or five, maybe? I mean, I, I'm, it's probably that high of a percentage that would want Mike Tomlin over their current head coach. Davey's raising his hand a couple times here. What do you have, Davey? Do you guys know the last time the Steelers won a playoff game? It was, has it been uh, a decade or so? 2016. Seven years. 
I can understand why their fan base is starting to feel that it might be time to look in another direction. Well, if they do, fine. It can be a lot worse than that. And all you have to do is look around the league and, and see all the examples of teams that aren't going to the playoffs at all, uh, much less winning a game. So, yeah. look, I, I look at the market, and I see a guy in Mike Tomlin that is going to be a coach somewhere else immediately. Yes. Right? This is always the argument with Mike Vrabel with the Titans. Oh, well, if the Titans get fed up with Mike – the Titans suck right now, okay? The Steelers are better than the Titans. The Titans suck. But Mike Vrabel is seen as this great head coach that's going to get a job somewhere else. If that's true, you have to factor that in if you're the Titans. And by the way, I believe that to be true. I think there are other teams that would want Mike Vrabel if he were on the market. So you got to factor that part of it in too. I would be shocked if the Roonies fired him. They did fire, though, a, a coach uh, during the middle of the season. They're a lot like Chicago in, that, in regards to that. Yeah, and again... Letting and go coaches look, based on performance. If you think that he's bad for that stat that Davey just threw out, that he hasn't won a playoff game since 2016, then go poll other owners across the league and find out how many would raise their hand to at least explore the option right. of trading for Mike Tomlin. If you were the Steelers, you're saying he's not going to win big here anymore. Let's just float the idea that we're going to trade him. Watch all the hands pop up of teams that would trade for Mike Tomlin. Don't, I, 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 for the sake of just making sure we give both sides to this argument, George Pickens has to give effort. Yep. Jalen Warren needs to play more. He needed to play more last year over Najee Harris. And Harris has been better this year. But why they refuse to not work him more into the offense is beyond me. That, the short yardage situations for the Pittsburgh offense, embarrassing. And losing to these three teams that they've lost to, the best being Indianapolis, the worst being New England, but also losing to Arizona. That is a, a new low for Tomlin. But we're, when we're talking new lows... The bar is much higher for the low water mark than what we've seen at other organizations. If you can win over 60% of your, your games as a head coach in the NFL, that is a Hall of Fame clip. He's at 63% over 17 years. That, that has to matter. That, that has to factor in. Now, if you want to take the Davy approach and say because he hasn't won a playoff game since 2016, he's never going to do it again for Pittsburgh, Fine. But if you do that, then I think the option would be Hutton, you trade him. Because he's going to fetch a price instead of just firing him. Now, I don't know, if it, does, he, if, does he have a no-trade situation? I doubt that with, with Pittsburgh where well, he'd have to get fired. I'm sure he's probably got to sign off on something if they were to make that happen. Sure, yeah. But he's got such market ability where you can get something in return, you got to explore that option instead of just letting them go. Well, and, and if you're Pittsburgh, you also know this offseason, there's going to be a lot, uh, a lot of names in the coaching carousel. He's at the top of that list. Belichick, whenever he's gone, it'll be Belichick and Tomlin. And you, this is not the offseason to fire him. Now, the talk now, has I, been. I, a I couple, would want Tomlin way before Belichick. Well, because he's 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 fifty one years old. Right. That that that's the only reason. I'm not trying to compare resumes and say Tomlin's better. I'm not dare going to argue that. But right now, if I'm hiring a head coach, hoping for the next seven to ten years, right. I'm I'm hiring Mike Tomlin and not Bill Belichick. I, I'm just I'm thinking of the the reasons, the idea that 
you know, God forbid he has a losing season for the first time in his career, uh, is all of a sudden warranting um, hot seat speculation is ridiculous. Especially when we're comparing uh, the other coaches well, that are if, in this look, pool. If, if, uh, if Pittsburgh fans are driving this deal and, and they want that to happen, I, I, I look, I'm on the side of <clears throat> you're insane to fire them. And I don't think the Roonies operate that way as an ownership group. Now I'll, I'll flip it this way and say, for those Steelers fans that are complaining about Mike Tomlin, now imagine if you didn't have the Rooney family ownership situation. How many other NFL teams would love to have that ownership situation? No doubt, man. And the way they approach things versus the rest of the league. I, I, I would be thankful that you're special in that way. If, if you're a Pittsburgh fan and you're that organization, they do things different from the rest of the league. And it's served them pretty damn well as an organization over the, over the years. And again, we're playing the game of polling fan bases everywhere. Give me 17 years without a losing season. Without, well, this is year 17. 16 years with no losing seasons. How many fan bases would raise their hand and say yes? And getting a Super Bowl in that time, too. Right. Yes, yes, yes. I, I just, I, I would caution Pittsburgh fans that are ready to jump off a ledge to understand <laughs> what you could be asking for here. And but, what you could be throwing away. Again, just to emphasize this again, the point, uh, Peter King's not putting this in the column. No, I agree. Unless he's that's hearing why that, it, that. That's why I wanted to address this yeah. early because I respect Peter King, the work he's done for four decades in the NFL. Yes. He's got connections. He knows his stuff. I read his column weekly for a reason. So when he's putting that out there, and I think the line was, Mike Tomlin's seat gets toastier by the week in Pittsburgh. He's not just saying that to say it. He has spoken to someone. I think that someone is crazy if they're considering actually firing him. But I'm not, this is not me calling Peter King crazy. Right, yeah. I think there's a reason he's putting that in there. I, I think they'd be crazy to fire Mike Tomlin. This isn't a they message board. They being the post, Rooney family. Even though some, sometimes those turn out to be true and accurate as well, the message board posts. Chad, uh, the uh, Eagles made a change in defensive coordinator in week 15. Matt Patricia is now calling plays uh, for Philadelphia. We'll get to that coming up as well. But that's a big change for a team that's on the path to uh, another Super Bowl appearance, potentially. And Jalen Hurts is questionable going into uh, the game this evening. Uh, what would have happened this weekend? Round one of the college football playoffs. Next year, it's going to look something like this. I, was, I can't wait for the bracket to uh, to actually be unveiled a year from now and have the weekend that we did not have and have not had in the past. Liberty taking on Florida State in round one. Florida State hosting the game. You've got Ole Miss and Georgia on the opposite side of the bracket as a 6-11 matchup. You get a rematch for the first time uh, in, since, the, what was it, October, end of October? It's a bloodbath-type game, and Georgia... Rally, I rocked them like 52 oh, yeah. to was 20 close. or something. Yeah. You've got Penn State at Ohio State. Another rematch. I love the rematches in round one with the host sites. Love it on campus, especially so you don't get them in the semifinals or something. Maybe you do uh, down the path. Missouri and Oregon would be awesome. Yeah, that's the one that I, that excites me. I, I don't like the rematches as much, and this is a year where it just happened to work out that yeah, way. Yeah, where you have a bunch of, where you have a couple of them, still good games and, and better than you know lower end bowl games that we're getting right now. 
Missouri at Oregon on campus in Eugene, fantastic. They've only played one time. In sign, their sign me up for that. Th- that is what I am hopeful the 12-team playoff produces. Cross-regional matchups with teams that normally would never face off that get a chance at each other where one is going to yep. a campus they normally would never visit and playing a big-time Win in advance type game. I want to see more of that. And there's no question that in the college basketball tournament, they seed based on storyline. Oh, yeah. We will see that too for the first round where you're not just slotting based on bowl appearances, but the college football playoff appearance. Alphas and betas of the weekend. Straight ahead on Hot Mike. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow here on the Outkick Network. And starting January 3rd, the only place to catch Outkick's original and fearless shows live will be on our website. You head over to Outkick.com. You'll be able to catch up uh, on YouTube after we are live. But for all the live unfiltered content, you'll head to the Watch tab at Outkick.com. You won't miss anything there. In 2024, Outkick.com slash watch. It's your one-stop shop for all things OutKick. That's OutKick.com slash watch. Did you see, Chad, where uh, Patrick Mahomes actually said, we beat a really good team today? Discussing the uh, New England Patriots. I understand (laughs) showing respect, right? And not, this is what gets me every time on these. I understand showing respect and not disrespecting an opponent and, and taking the old Coach Lou Holtz approach of talking them up a little bit more than maybe they should. Um, if you wanted to say, you know, it's a talented team, they've got some good players, that that's fine. But we all know when you're just going way too far oh, over yeah. the top. And that this is one of those cases. Yes. Also, th- this is one of those that fails to really work me up too much. I don't really care because I just know it's someone that went a little bit too far with trying to show respect to an opponent. Yeah. And who who cares? I'd I'd rather, if I'm coaching a team, I'd rather tell my guys, hey, let's talk this way about our opponent instead of going the opposite way and maybe being a little bit too honest at times. So I got no real beef with Patrick Mahomes. It's just funny, the the cliches that are thrown out. And and to all the discussion about the sideline interviews and everything at the podium too. I mean, you could play a cut from coaches or players for that matter and ask – the game could be, is this from 2021 or 2023? You wouldn't be able to tell the difference. It's also sad to me that Andy Reid has to show mercy to Bill Belichick and doesn't tack on a late touchdown out, out of respect for Bill Belichick. Oh, and yeah. I think that's just – even Bill Belichick would say, th- that's just stupid. This is just kind of sad like to pander to that, right? And I, I just – yeah, the whole thing is very Did odd. Did you know the line closed at 10 and a half? No. Kansas City won by so, 10. We were talking about Peter King earlier and how he's starting knee. to speculate that Mike Tomlin's in the hot, hot seat. He also wrote today, he said, I- I'd be kidding if I said I knew anything about New England. I know what's been reported out there. He said, I am hearing nothing one way or the other. He said, it would not surprise me if they quote unquote part ways into the, the year. If he comes back, none of that would surprise me because it's just radio silence uh, from New England's end. And I think I'm like, that is the perfect way for the Patriot way, right? That there's less information coming out about all that. Isn't it also, though, what we're not hearing is peculiar? You know, it's 
sometimes you do hear from the owner that says you get the vote of the dreaded vote of confidence, yeah. right? Which Arthur Smith had already received prior to uh, what Atlanta has recently done in, with the Falcons. But we're also not hearing a lot about Gerard Mayo, which is odd. It's been about Vrabel. Yeah. And I, I, while, that's a good point. And I'm just trying to connect the dots. Why you maybe don't know which way this could turn out is because we don't know who Robert Kraft is trying to trade for or talk about. Again, just trying to figure out why it's hard to actually pinpoint what will or will not happen on uh, on that Black Monday or potentially afterwards based on trades. Alphas and betas of the weekend. Chad, for whatever reason, there are those that cover the league that still refuse to acknowledge that Brock Purdy is he's a, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Let's just say that. He's not the best. I'm not drafting him number one overall or number two or three, but he is right there. And number one overall right now in the MVP odds in Vegas, Brock Purdy. They continue to get it done. They're back in the playoffs, clinching it. And he is the, he's the driver of the, of the car. The engine is through McCaffrey and a number of other players, but Purdy is doing a ton more than what we've seen from previous quarterbacks that have been there. And you, and you can tell when teams gravitate towards the alpha at quarterback. Yes. And they love him and they play for him and they respond to that alpha in a certain way. That's Brock Purdy. I watch the way that 49ers offense rotates around him and interacts with him, and I'm thinking that is a leader and that's a guy that has full confidence from his teammates at all times. That's alpha-like quality. That's Brock Purdy. And look, just because he's not, he, and, and it wouldn't be for me either or anyone, He's not going to be the first guy taken in a schoolyard game of football. If you've got all the NFL players together, not one of the top draft picks, doesn't mean that he's not the top pick for MVP this year. And Vegas odds are starting to swing his way a bit. So just because he's not the first guy you would take on your team doesn't mean he's not having an MVP year. He is. That's how great he's been for the 49ers. And And that's why he's an alpha of the week. Let's also just quickly mention, he is saying that he believes Christian McCaffrey should be the most valuable player. He said Christian deserves to work. Quarterbacks normally deflect and give credit to other players and then take the blame. I know that. But the fact that he is up for the award and number one in the odds, and he's still pointing to the running back that's doing it, that's why there will be those that say, well, it's all about, more about McCaffrey than it is Purdy. I would point to you know what was going on last year, the 10-0 run, and while McCaffrey certainly traded there and is playing well, it's more about the quarterback that took over instead of the quarterback they had. And I'd point to the fact he's simply making those comments as another example of his leadership and his alpha-like qualities. Uh, that's what a leader at quarterback does is defers to, to other guys and gives them credit. So I love that he's saying things like that. Chad, um, Ole Miss gets it done in the transfer portal. What is going on in Oxford where they continue to – they, they pull in players that I would expect wouldn't be going to Ole Miss if they're choosing to play in the Southeastern Conference or any Power Five right now. It's incredible. Uh, the number one and number two edge rushers in the transfer portal are now going to Ole Miss. One from Florida, one from Tennessee. Walter Nolan. I mean, their defensive line, uh, defensive backfield, Tamari McDonald from Tennessee also going to Ole Miss. Uh, Alphas of the week, Lane Kiffin in the transfer portal mixed with the Ole Miss Grove Collective, because whatever they're doing in NIL, and this is no longer taboo to say, 
I'm not going to have someone uh, go half-cocked and go nuts over me saying this the way Jimbo Fisher did when, when Nick Saban dared to say that they were paying guys to go to A&M, right? Right. They're paying guys the right way at Ole Miss. Whatever formula, whatever code they've cracked on how to go get some of the best players in the transfer portal, it's working at Ole Miss. This is a top 15 program nationally right now with Lane Kiffin as head coach. They are a perennial favorite to get into the playoff right now in a 12-team playoff. They're one that can get in there at the very end. They're going to continue to do that if they plug and play guys to this level. Great work in the portal by Lane Kiffin. Oh, by the way, don't look now, but Deion Sanders is compiling a ton of dudes out of the portal also, which we expected because they weren't recruiting as well for high school players. And Ole Miss lacks in that department a little bit too, but doesn't matter as much when you go get all SEC-type players out of the portal every year. Props to Walker Jones, who was a guest on our show, right? Jones? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, from the yeah, collective. From the yeah. collective. And Kiffin's also, he's leading the charge at SEC Media Days, talking about trying to curtail the rules a little bit, bring it back down to earth. I mean, they're getting all the quarterbacks last year. Now it's about defense. Well, Lane Kiffin is sending trolling posts on social media from a hotel in Knoxville where he's camped out for over a week, and he leaves with two starters from Tennessee's defense. And posts a photo with one of them at the airport. Right. In the, in the portal, uh, headed over to, to Ole Miss. So kudos to Lane Kiffin. Whatever he's doing there, whatever that collective is doing, it, it's working. I'm, I'm not here to hate on it. These are the rules of the game right now, and they've perfected the game a little bit better than most when it comes to getting big-name targets in the portal. The Baltimore Ravens, they've led in the final two minutes of every game this season. Only the 1972 Dolphins and the 2007 Patriots did that throughout the entire season. Uh, that A great stat uh, there uh, from Talk of Fame, which uh, is, I believe... Let me double check who's the uh, yeah Clark Judge is the the creator of this great great job on that stat Chad the defense is the reason why they've been in some tight games they've lost in some blowouts they've also won in that fashion but they have a Super Bowl caliber defense that's backing up Lamar Jackson who's also on the MVP hunt yeah it, it's um it's impressive and we keep trying to or at least I do, who is the favorite in the AFC? Who's the best team? And it seems to change weekly. The most consistent has been the Baltimore Ravens. If we're looking start of the season to now, sure, they've had a couple hiccups here or there, like every team has. But if I'm looking at who's been the best all year in the AFC, it's, it's the Ravens. And boy, were they impressive last night on Sunday Night Football, just really suffocating the life out of Jacksonville on the road in that game. Chad, to the betas of the week, I, I have no idea why Arthur Smith will not get the football to B. John Robinson for the Atlanta Falcons. Apparently, he's safe. He's going to be back. And he's, he's coaching for an owner whenever he was hired after he was working here for the Titans. Well, they said barring I, complete collapse. Barring complete collapse. Does this qual- qualify as complete collapse? Losing the way they did, sure. But barring com- complete, they have time to not collapse. Well, they got three games left, and it's not going to get any easier is, than playing the the Panthers. Well, that's true. Did you? The, by the way, the crowd there was awful. Oh, and the weather was it terrible like a game too. At Vandy, but it was it was it was friends and family only. It looked like a, an AAU basketball game where just the parents show up. Uh, that was the crowd in in Charlotte. Barring com- complete collapse, th- this has not been a path to a postseason appearance 
but they're in the division where they could have been and have been with a chance to do so. The question I've got to have answered if I'm bringing it back is, why is the top running back not getting touches? It's not hard if you say, well, it's just uh, you know uh, wide receivers not getting touches. Well, that's just how the offense plays out based on our progressions. If you want the running back to touch the football, that's the easiest part of the offense to put the ball in the hands for, other than the QB. And we're not seeing it. It's crazy. I fear that Arthur Smith lost his job yesterday. And that was the first thing I thought of was that, that quote in that report, that barring complete collapse. And I'm thinking, boy, one win Carolina and losing to them 9-7 to seven in that fashion where Desmond Ritter, I don't know why you ever trust this guy, yeah. especially in, in clutch moments where you need someone to not make the mistake. He seemingly always makes that mistake. And to lose that way, now they get Indianapolis, who's playing really well right now. They go to Chicago and to New Orleans. If you're going to lose to Carolina, I don't know they're winning any of those three games. They probably will. And if they do, maybe he's back. But if they don't, he's gone. I mean, that, that is the complete collapse. Losing the last four games, no, one of them be being it. Carolina, that's going to do it. And I, I, had a, I had a bad feeling when that game ended. We're seeing the last of Arthur Smith as head coach in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, they've lost to the Cardinals when Kyler Murray came back. They've lost to the Titans in... Well, they let well, Will Levis go Will off Levis's in his first, first ever start. Yep. Uh, but they're, you know, they're also winning close games. Texans, Buccaneers, Saints. That's where they've picked up their victory. Uh, the Commanders beat them. They've lost to bad teams, and they've won in, uh, against bad teams because they're also one of those just bad teams right now. Uh, another one, Pittsburgh. Just based on the play of the of the team, not not even the results at this point, based on the injury at quarterback and what we've seen, Chad. This is uh, it's a Steelers team that is reeling. Losers of three straight. We're in the playoff mix now, no longer. The Bills are hot. Pittsburgh is not, and they lose. They now have Cincinnati coming up, and they finish the season against Baltimore. It doesn't look great for Tomlin's group. Yeah, and the play by George Pickens we referenced that's, earlier. There's an identity issue going on, and that's the last thing you want. And that, that's one that I defended Mike Tomlin open the show. He's got to fix that and figure that out because he is the one constant. He is the one anchor for that franchise yes. in the locker room where they know what they want from their players, and they tend to get it. They're not getting it this year from some guys. They've got to reverse that. And he's going to have an offseason, I think, to, to do that. It's probably not going to get fixed in these last three games. But he's going to have to figure that out this offseason with guys they bring in and who they decide to retain on that roster because right now is not good enough for that organization. Or quite frankly, that lack of effort, that's not good enough for any organization. He's got to figure that part out. Yeah, the offense is averaging 15 points per game over the last five. They've lost four of their last five. Chad, the Titans' offensive line. Uh, what an absolute pathetic train wreck. Seven sacks uh, and allowed. We're not. It's not just one thing. It's not one guy getting cooked on every play, not being able to block someone. One guy having a career day. There were plays yesterday in the second half of the Titans-Texans game where the entire offensive line just immediately cratered around quarterback Will Levis. Immediately caved in, and he had nowhere to go. No ability to try to get out of the pocket because there was no pocket. The pocket closed in around him. This offensive line and the Titans for putting this group together and on the field at the same time, 
F minus on yes. both accounts. And now what they've done is cost this organization a chance to continue to evaluate the young quarterback because Will Levis is a high ankle sprain, much like Ryan Tannehill a year ago. Hutton, I don't expect him to play much these last three weeks, and that's a shame. Chad, uh, Derrick Henry, 20 touches, less than 10 yards rushing. Less than 10 yards rushing. Lowest output since 1948, I'm being told, for someone with that many carries. Behind that offensive line. Coming up, that's my quarterback. We are live from 6th and Peabody with Yaha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. Rolls on. Head over to the uh, Outkick store. Plenty of merch there. You can outkick.com slash shop. So much merch. That's right. Where you, you know, Shop.outkick.com is where you go, actually. Shop.outkick.com. You got the polos, uh, the hats, shirts, and more. All shop.outkick.com. And you've got plenty there. a cooler there cup on there. With a 50% off if you uh, buy two. So much. So many TVs here at 6th and Peabody also, and we are on the televisions in here today. That's right. Getting some texts and some messages for people seeing the show out in the barroom area. So that's always nice to see. Shop.outkick.com. You've got the uh, buy one, get one 50% off deal for a limited time. Yeah, we've got the TV screens out there. The, we were on the one outside, but on the days where it's uh, cold and rainy, well... We're moved in, and now we're just in there full time. It's great. Well, we always know that there's like a music act coming in at yeah, Six and Peabody yes, yep. when uh, the guy in charge of the sound just walks over to our entryway to our studio yeah. and just lightly knocks with our laptop to hand back to Matt over here. I, I know, like that's the signal that they're firing up a band or something <laughs> outside. Like, dude, here, take your laptop. Show's off for right now. Uh, we've got some... Um, yeah, but Corey comes back. He's like, hey, uh, here's your stuff. We've got a, Clint, we've got a Clint Black cover band that's going to be here from <laughs> 4 to 6 p.m. So you got to take this now. Yeah, the, uh, the late Joe Diffie uh, cover band coming in. Yeah, these guys play everything Randy Travis ever recorded. Yes. And yes. we need you guys off the screen right now. Well, we're not going to see uh, Aaron Rodgers. That idea that he was going to come back and finish the season... December 24th is the date he threw out to Pat McAfee, and then it was, there was a report out after that visit that he was trying to return by Christmas, and then McAfee asked him again about it recently, and he said, oh, the, those are just speculation and rumors. Okay, it started through him. The Jets, though, are out of playoff contention. The Dolphins took care of them. That means this, the results take care of the idea that Rodgers was even going to try to return my my assumption was he was going to be activated, but that didn't necessarily mean he was going to play uh, unless it was a you know, eight, nine seed currently trying to get in or they were trying to hold on to a seven seed. That's where they were for a few weeks midway through the season. But this was, this is a foregone conclusion based on where they were. There was no need to play him if you know, not we do know he's coming back next year and you want him completely healthy. But he gave off the perception that he's back. He was back on the practice field. And, Chad, he was uh, setting records in the rehab time. Yeah, I mean, this, was, this is now his way of saying, see, I told you so. I'm back quicker than anyone else. But business decision, guys, psych, not going to play because no need to play because we're out of the playoff hunt. Uh, it was kind of an odd set of circumstances for Zach Wilson yesterday. First off, speaking of bad offensive line play, 
Uh, the Jets were as bad lot. as the Titans offensive line-wise yesterday. Zach Wilson was terrible, but he got no help in that game and no blocking. But I, I saw one report that a Jets PR person told a reporter that Zach Wilson was fine. He just left to go to the locker room because he was dehydrated. So he left to go get hydrated. And then it said, but now he's not going to reenter the game in the second half. And I'm being told it's because of his head. And I read that and I'm thinking, head is in like he, in his own head, doesn't want to get back out there and play behind that offensive line. He's refusing to return. Right. Or is he hurt in the head? And now it comes out that he's in concussion protocol. So I, I would caution reports like that until we know what's going on because I can't be the only one that read that. And I'm thinking, a Jets PR person is telling you that he's fine, he's just not coming back on the field, and he had to go get hydrated at halftime, but yet he's not going to play again. It turns out the guy's in concussion protocol. Boy, it was one good half for Zach Wilson against the Texans the week before, and then right back to the same old misery for him in that offense. It's not uncommon for guys to go uh, get an IV. Um, Yeah. Especially at halftime. And offensively a but lot it of, is uncommon for him not to return after the ivy at halftime right but the it, way he did but if the report is he's still in the locker room getting uh, hydrated i don't know who had the ball first in that game maybe the dolphins had possession to begin the second half that that's my that's what i would assume if i'm on the sideline trying to report on it however if he's in concussion protocol they have to announce that if it's coming from the pr staff that's just totally inaccurate uh, he's not getting an iv if he's in concussion protocol to me, you're talking to the wrong PR staffer and the Jets PR team needs right. to get on the same page. If anyone's going to talk to a reporter or anyone that has anything to do with the game or covering it, you need to know what's happening and know what you need to be saying. And that was a missed opportunity by them. Plenty of backups are across the league, but the starters and the best of is where we'll start. It's time for That's My Quarterback. It's my quarterback. What's up, guys? The first thing I'd like to say is uh, the PR team for the Jets, uh, they're going to have to be putting out some work discussing why the team did not go after Joe Flacco, as you guys talked about last week. It was in their backyard, decided to go elsewhere. But, but And they traded for him. What was it, two two off-seasons ago? Yeah. When they, they traded for him? Gave they, up like a third-round pick? Yeah, and he, old Joey Flacco's looking good. Yes, he is. Guys, uh, right around Thanksgiving, last time on That's My Quarterback, we talked about the NFL MVP race. And... When we did that, you both went with Jalen Hurts. Now, Jalen's been battling some injuries, and his odds have started to slip, so kind of wanted to go back to that well. And before this weekend, Dak Prescott was the favorite, but that poor performance in Buffalo has done a bit of damage to his chances. So, right now, who do you all see being the NFL MVP? I think there are three candidates. I think Hurts is one, and Brock Purdy certainly is as well. Lamar Jackson is going to have the MVP finish set in front of him based on their upcoming schedule. And he's already starting to regain that hype based on Sunday night football last night. I think Jackson, based on where Baltimore is going to be, the perception of how deep the talent pool is in the AFC that started in the offseason, he's helped out by the fact that a lot of starters are injured and he's, He's going to have to beat out either uh, an injured Jalen Hurts would happen last year and Hurts didn't get the vote at the end of the year or Brock Purdy, who is already admitting at a podium that Christian McCaffrey is the NFL MVP. And those votes that if you're looking for a reason or a 
a tiebreaker, goes to Lamar Jackson at that point. That's the perception of Purdy. I'm not saying I would, I would vote for Brock Purdy. I think Lamar Jackson's going to win MVP. I tend to agree with Hutton on Lamar Jackson, but... By the I'm way, not, we will see Baltimore and San Fran head-to-head. I'm not going to make the mistake of going against Vegas again. Uh, I didn't understand how Michael Penix Jr. was not the favorite going to the Heisman ceremony. Yep. And it turns out Jaden Daniels was an overwhelming favorite for a reason because he won and Penix finished second. Slight favorite right now for Brock Purdy. So I'm just going to go. Ty goes to Vegas right now. And now that the Vegas betting odds have shifted a bit in Purdy's favor, on this Monday, Davey, I'm going to go with Brock Purdy as my answer. Baltimore at San Francisco, Christmas night, Monday night football this week. Could could decide the MVP award. And it also could decide who wins the NFC. Because they... for the NFC. You said, well... AFC or NFC? The NFC. But, well, I guess the same for the AFC as well because uh, Dallas and Philly don't have the tiebreaker, but if San Francisco wins out and the that, – sorry, the Eagles win out and San Francisco loses, then the Eagles would actually get the one Ravens finishing schedule just for the MVP discussion. 49ers on the road, home against Miami, home against Pittsburgh. And have a chance to see him a lot. Yes. With uh, with uh, the some next big games. two weeks are crucial. If Baltimore's got the seed locked up for whatever reason, he probably doesn't play in the final week of the year. Guys, all the teams we just mentioned, they have their franchise quarterback. For our next topic, this team doesn't. So instead of giving me just a quarterback, which team? It's time to give up on their current franchise quarterback. The Atlanta Falcons. Um, if Arthur Smith has a future in Atlanta, I don't think it needs to be with Desmond Ritter. Uh, he proves time and time again he is not the guy. He has had flashes this season, and it seems like at times Arthur Smith's at least public display of confidence in him has paid off some this season. Did not pay off yesterday in a 9-7 to loss to the awful Carolina Panthers who had one win coming into that game. Atlanta needs to move on. Time to give up for the Falcons. Time to give up on Desmond Ritter. My hope is that doesn't also mean it's time to give up on Arthur Smith. But with that loss yesterday, if that continues, it may end up being time to give up on both of those guys. I want to say Kyler Murray for my answer. But his contract is very difficult to just say move on. They would need a trading partner post-June 1st for the salary cap hit to go down instead of up. They're screwed this year. This offseason, I mean. The answer for me is in Seattle with Geno Smith. Losers of four straight. He's been banged up recently, but still not the season that they were hoping for in terms of trying to compete in the division. San Francisco's already locked that up. And the contract allows for an out, even though he signed an extension this past offseason. They gave him over $20 million in a signing bonus. But they have an out going into the offseason where they will take a salary cap dead hit at around $17 million. It, it's a lot. It's a cap hit that's steep. But it's not one that's steep for starting quarterbacks that you just gave an extension to. Moving forward, they'll be paid more. But they put this in in case they want to move forward and bring in a Ryan Tannehill or a Kirk Cousins or hit them in the draft. I think Geno Smith is playing for a different team in 2024. Well, guys, I mean, the best place to go if you need a franchise quarterback is the draft. So as we turn our attention to the 2024 NFL Draft, who will be the first quarterback off the board not named Caleb Williams or Drake May? In reading all of the, the quote-unquote gossip and rumors, J.J. McCarthy's a first-round pick. 
I'm sorry, but the perception from Heisman voters is all they do is run the football at Michigan. The NFL perception is Jim Harbaugh's offense is tailor-made for quarterbacks that want to jump in the NFL and start immediately. And I, I see and read a lot, Chad, of, well, Jaden Daniels is this, and they're looking around trying to find the third-best quarterback and maybe a high ceiling, maybe a low floor. Teams also just go for safe and steady. And I think J.J. McCarthy is that. He's efficient, he's accurate, and he runs an offense, even if his head coach isn't on the sideline. Yeah, I, I looked at, um, I think it was Matt Miller's first mock draft, and he's got McCarthy at seventh overall. Wow. So that's a, that's a good spot right there. I think he's got Jaden Daniels at fourth overall. Uh, I'm not going to overthink this. Jaden Daniels, Heisman Trophy winner. I, I think he's going to be the first one off the board outside of those two. Bears at first and fifth right now. If the draft were to happen today, uh, how crazy would it be to see J.J. McCarthy? They, they trade out of that number one overall spot, but they sign Jim Harbaugh, and then they let him go and get his current quarterback. Be interesting. Bears are playing better, which is shocking to me, but uh, that's a team that looks competent the last four or five weeks when of Justin the season. Fields got back, he's and Justin Fields has looked pretty good. Yep. So I don't know that they're going to be looking at quarterback. That, that's going to be one of the... Big I've, I've maintained, I've, I love Justin Fields. I just think they've screwed him over with talent around him for the first couple of seasons. This should have been much better this year. Should yeah. have been. And the question is going to be, do you decide to go ahead and, and give him that contract or try to build around and start on a new rookie? It, it, they definitely have some of the most intriguing questions to enter this offseason. But guys, you know, speaking of the offseason right now in college, it's all about the transfer portal. And new team, new impact. Which guy is going to have the biggest impact, the quarterback position, going into next season. I'll be brief on this one. It's Riley Leonard. Uh, Notre Dame got it wrong with Sam Hartman, and it's no knock on Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman does not offer them a running threat. Riley Leonard does. That's going to make this offense pop. Gerard, Gerard Parker, the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, took the job a couple of hours ago at Troy. They now get to sync up an offensive coordinator hire with their quarterback in Riley Leonard. I think Riley Leonard is going to be a difference maker and a stud for Notre Dame's offense this year. Give me Riley Leonard. Chad, I'm going with uh, Malachi Nelson out, out west for Who USC. Who doesn't have a home yet. The end does of the not, day? Does not. Yesterday, I think. Okay. Uh, his news came out. Yeah, or the Saturday. portal. And uh, number one in the nation in the last recruiting cycle was committed to Lincoln Riley. Not committed to USC, but followed as well to back up Caleb Williams. He says he's out. Wherever he lands, he's a game changer. And you better believe some of the SEC schools that are looking elsewhere are looking into him, same as the Big Ten, and he will transform that offense that he chooses. And I think he's a young quarterback that sticks around. Yeah, he's a multi-year option for someone, right. too. It's more than just one year with him. Got to pay him. Someone will. Eddie Staples joins us next. <laughs> 